With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today, March 1st at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the year of 2017. It is five hours after the NHL trade deadline, which I will assume and just tell all of you was the most boring trade deadline of my life. I think it was the most boring trade deadline ever, but that's just me. Um, before we talk about any of those things, you are listening to Bantering the Blue Shirts directly inside. Oh, everybody's muted. I'm wondering why no one was talking because they're muted. You are all unmuted <laughs> now. Um, <clears throat> Bantering the Blue Shirts, sponsored by Patreon and our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash blue shirt banter. You should go there and you should donate just like these fine people did. Anthony Viola, Dan Lynch, Matt Bader, Eric Cohn, Daniel DeGen, Michael Silvers, Trevor Kempna, Thomas Osa, Alexander Thornton, Nicholas Forlenza, Dan Carosi, Taylor Ryder, John J. Porter, Armiel Kissinger. I got, let me see, I have to do that one again because that was bad. Armiel Kissinger, Zachary Zetlin, Igor Zetlovsky, and Arch Williams. Thank you, all of you, for donating. When Beth eventually licks Brady Shea, you will have paid her bail. <coughs> Excuse me. As for the rest of you, I am joined as always by Michael Murphy, Beth Macklin, and as a little curveball, Mika, hockey stat miner. How are you guys doing today? Good. This hey. is the. Is this a positive podcast today? Oh, that's Mike. Mike, is this a positive podcast? I think it's a. Um, it's a lot like when you, you expect fireworks and there are no fireworks, or there's just really crappy fireworks. Yeah, so no one's in a terrible a- mood. But well, that's a, I would be in a terrible mood if I went to and, and wanted fireworks and there were no fireworks. Well, what if the fireworks came to you? Like someone said, I'm treating you to a fireworks show in your backyard, and then there's just one bottle rocket. I don't know. <laughs> this is not going anywhere. But uh, no, I'm I'm not that worried. I think I don't think the Rangers did a terrible thing, which is good. They actually have a first-round pick, which I don't know how the hell – I don't even know what that means anymore, so – that's a new thing. It's new. But, of course, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, the first-round pick that they do have very well may be gone come the summer before the draft because of expansion and all that fun stuff. But we're not going to go there yet. You're no, don't do that yet. Right not right now. Let us have uh, the pick a little bit longer. The only the Rangers did make was on Tuesday. They traded for Brennan Smith of the Detroit Red Wings a lefty defenseman, which the Rangers have a million, but who can play the right side, of which the Rangers have very few. 
uh, at least very few competent ones. It was a second-round pick, Ottawa's pick from the 2018 draft that the Rangers acquired in the Derek Broussard trade, and this year's third-round draft pick. I think there were some expectations that the Rangers would do a little bit more. They did not. We will get into that, but just from the standpoint of Brendan Smith himself, Nico, we will start with you as the guest. In terms of targets, once Shattenkirk went off the board to Washington, we'll get to that as well. Um, what were your thoughts on the move, the really the one move that Jeff Gordon did decide to make? Um, well, I think if once Shattenkirk was out of the running, um, like Brendan Smith is probably the best non-Shattenkirk guy as far as the names that were being thrown out. So it could, it could have been a lot worse in my mind as far as who they went out and got. Um, but I, I think the issue more is, you know, do you still chase that? Do you still go that route once Shattenkirk flew the coop? Uh, I would have been a little more hesitant, but they did. So it it's it could have been a lot worse, I guess, is, is how I feel. And, you know, what happens to Smith? Do they extend him later on? Um, I think that's going to – time will tell on the merit of uh, the deal. But I like Smith. Michael? I also like Brendan Smith, and not just because he has the name of someone who could have come over on the Mayflower. Um, to me, it, it's a lot like, you know, I kind of agree with Mika. There's, the Rangers didn't give up too much for him. Um, and once Chat and Kirk was gone, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the price that uh, Washington paid for Chat and Kirk and whether or not, um, you know, it was worth it. And, you know, a lot of the kind of postmortem. Um, on the deadline was, you know, not a lot of teams made trades that moved the needle, and the biggest trade was the Shattenkirk trade, and the Capitals were already a damn good team before they did that. So now it's just kind of, well, now they're, you know, the Capitals on steroids. Um, but I, I look at the Smith trade, and I like, I like, I'm going to like it a lot more if he, if he re-signs with the Rangers, which I think is um, really going to be how, uh, this deadline is kind of viewed in the, in the retrospect just because it's if the Rangers, if all they did was the minor league deal that they did uh, with Beck and then the Smith trade, um, the question will become, well, why did we give up what we gave up anyway? If, you know, we were just going to play it conservative, why did we make a trade of any kind when, you know, the team is, what, 40, 21, and 3, and you know, they kind of are what they are. And, you know, the real question that's, I think, pressing on everyone's mind is, all right, Brennan Smith is here. Um, how are we going to use him? Are we going to use him correctly? Because that was the the big fallback of the Andal situation. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't dislike the trade. I think um, I'm going to hold, you know, hold my ultimate feelings on it until we see him play a couple of games and I get to see this mythical uh plays both sides, you know, he has history with McDonough. It's like a, a prophecy slowly coming together. So we'll see. Uh, I think Nika brought up a really good point. Um, well, Beth, did you want to throw anything in here before we uh, we jump over? Just that uh, when I first looked him up when we got him, I, you know that beautiful moment where you confuse uh, games played with goals? And I um, <laughs> bit my coffee, so... I'm not quite as happy as I was then, but um, he's not any of the things we were dreading. So, yeah, I'm okay with that. 
the I'm okay but, with the bottle rocket in the backyard as opposed to the fireworks show. That's two good points that I was going to bring up. Uh, Mika's first. I think sometimes these trades need to be looked at in terms of big picture. And when the Washington Capitals got Shattenkirk, I personally believe it should have changed the way the Rangers were going to handle the trade deadline. Um, Getting Smith was great. Having Smith on the team next year is great. This does have a feeling of a try-before-you-buy type of move where the Rangers went out and got Smith to get better this year and to have an opportunity to sign the 28-year-old defenseman next year as well. Um, but when you actually think about how much better the Rangers got, it doesn't really matter how much better they got. It kind of matters how much ground they made up on the Pittsburghs and, and the Washington Capitals. And I just don't think there was a ton of that to this point in the season. I think um, Rangers solidified their defense. The ever-important question of whether or not Vigneault is going to utilize the guys properly is a, a totally different situation. I would assume, since the Rangers did not make another move, which, again, we'll get to, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're going to see Clendenning, Klein sitting permanently. Can't imagine Holding is sitting, and you'd think that uh, Brady Shea is not sitting either. But I think the Rangers had an opportunity to either not do anything or to kind of sell off some assets. And I do think they probably should have traded Klein or Holden to make room regardless, but they didn't. Who knows if they tried or what the deal was, but that is what the current situation is. So on top of that, like Beth said, it was not any of the really bad things. The Gildens, the Dones, the... No, God, who even knows? The Burroughs, which the fact that Ottawa was willing to pay that much money for him. Yes, Steve Ott, another who didn't even know. Um, Buchnevich is in the AHL, so to me, if you can put someone like that in Hartford, then you better damn well have no need to go trade for a defenseman. Even with Grabner being hurt in practice, apparently he got a little cross-check from Clendenning. Um, Jesper Fast is out for... uh, what is it, two to three weeks with a separated shoulder? Yeah, two to three. Um, I think the Rangers, the the place they can take injuries is at forward, and the fact that the Rangers didn't do anything scary is a really good thing because could we not have seen them trading for Ginla, Doan, Burroughs, or God, who knows? You could have seen them do anything, and they didn't. So I think that's a good thing. Like I said before, not totally sure I'd be overly confident with the first-round pick until we get to the actual draft, but as of right now, there's a lot of reasons to have your eye to the future, if you will, because I, I do think Smith needs to be a long-term investment. Otherwise, the price to get him was very high, a second- or third-round pick for a guy that a lot of people would argue you could have had for free in July. What I will say about that is this is a lot different than Shattenkirk. I think you can make a reasonable argument to say that Shattenkirk is going to be a New York Ranger next year. I don't think you could say that for Smith. So give him a taste of New York. Let him see what the team is like. Let him play in Madison Square Garden. That makes a difference for some of these guys. Uh, I'm going to throw this out to the group. Uh, Mika, I guess you can jump in. Um, We'd have to assume that Smith is a long-term investment here, no? Yeah. uh, They'd have to be thinking more than rental with what they paid. One would think. Um, Because the... What's likely is there's going to be a a defenseman revamp. Um... It's almost, it's almost inevitable, I think, um, the fact that Gordon went out and got a defenseman. 
I think shows that the team is okay uh, on the same page that we have been for a long time. Um, so absolutely, you would have to think that there's in their mind that they're thinking, you know, there's some equity in getting Smith now in that a per- some percentage of the time uh, you're going to re-sign him, ideally for a moderate rate. I don't know what that money would be. We're going we're gonna to see how he does, obviously. Um, but to your earlier point, as soon as Shattenkirk got traded, it, it kind of changed directions. I think it's a, it changed, uh, you know, priorities. I think it's a good way of putting it. Um, the way I kind of think thought of it was, okay, if you're going to go all in and get Shattenkirk, I can understand that. Um, if you're going to sell assets and hoard up futures to do something in a few months, um, I can understand that. Um, so this was a little bit of a middle-of-the-road type thing. Uh, I would, you know, I'd kind of rather them go all in on one direction or the other, and they kind of middled out. But at the same time, uh, they could have done a lot worse things <laughs> we've seen at previous <laughs> deadlines. So I guess out of like four extremes, it's not the worst, but I, I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Mike? It's a really interesting thing with, with Smith. Um, I think it was Aaron Ward who tweeted um, that, you know, before the trade was official, you know, it looks like the, the Red Wings – were uncertain and they were trying to see if they could sign Smith to a three-year deal at 3.75 million per. And so, you know, there's the Red Wings were the reason Smith went for what he went for is because the Red Wings very much wanted Smith to be around and it's for good reason. On a, a team that has awful possession numbers, he's, uh, you know, the biggest name there who, you know, is their best relative uh, course number. So he's not by by any stretch a bad defenseman. Um, like the counting staff aren't there, and that might have some Rangers fans nervous because he doesn't have uh, 33 goals or anything. So I know Beth's <laughs> been into the wine. So. Um, but it's, it's important to note that, you know, where Smith would fit in if he is here for the for the long term, because like Mika, I would have really preferred that. Um, frankly, I would have preferred the Rangers just did as little as possible and just did a bunch of minor league moves to improve Hartford and things like that, like we saw with the Beck deal. But um, because I really didn't want them swinging for the fences, uh, just because you know it's one of those things. I know some people feel like, oh, you know, the Ottawa pick was you know, something we got out of a good trade anyway. So we didn't really lose anything, you know, that perspective. But, um, you know, the Rangers don't pick in the second round this year. So uh, they're down from, you know, uh, four picks in the first two rounds in the next few years to to, uh, three picks now. So uh, I am really interested to see what Smith re-signing with the Rangers would look like. Uh, 3.75 per uh, on something like a three-year deal, you know, for a guy who's 28, like Joe said, you know, there's there's a real question of, well, we can't talk about this and a guy like Shattenkirk joining the fold without Girardi being bought out and also without, like Mika said, a lot more revamp on the Rangers' blue line, which is pretty interesting because as of right now, the Rangers have eight NHL defensemen. So... Uh, you know, obviously Girardi is on the shelf with uh, an open wound on his ankle for for two weeks. But um, it's it's a really 
strange thing to think that this defense is now, you know, it's very clear that the organization is aware that the defense is a problem because all these moves point to that revamp that Mika uh, alluded to. The idea that, you know, it's clear this defense isn't good enough. It's clear that, you know, the organization invested in the wrong, the wrong guys, you know, the, the stall contract, you know, the Girardi contract. And I'm really interested to see where things go from here. And especially what someone like Smith looks like um, down the home stretch here, because uh, there's a lot of room for improvement um, and not just at even strength. I talked to Joe just before the show, um, since the beginning of the new year, the Rangers have the worst power play in the league, uh, 9.5% um, on the power play, which you really – no NHL team should be below double digits. So uh, that's very <laughs> terrifying. And they also have the fourth worst penalty kill in the league at 75%. And if every four penalties you take, you allow a power play goal, you know, the Valak had on the, the last MSG broadcast talked uh, at length. I know I've been rattling on here for a while. I'm sorry. Uh, Valak had on the last MSG, MSG broadcast talked about how, you know, if you're not a top 10 PK team, you just, you don't win the cup. Um, and that's one of those things where it's like, well, is that, you know, a prerequisite for winning the cup that you must be good at killing penalties, but um, it certainly doesn't hurt to be good at killing penalties. Of course, it's also nice if you don't take bad penalties, but, uh, it's a really spooky thing to see that downward trend in the special teams when, you know, there's there's so much there that the Rangers have to work with, but the power play has been awful, the penalty kill has been awful, and um, they kind of addressed their, their greatest weakness with the Smith move, but um, all of it's going to be for naught if they don't do the right thing at the end of the year with, uh, you know, with the buyout we expect and, other moves we all expect to see come. So, I try to think about the long term. We've talked a lot about Vigneault and how we can't find really that path of logic that you look for. And getting Smith has logic to it. It does make the Rangers better this year. There is a reason to believe the Rangers would and should want him to be on the team next year. To make his point, if there is going to be an enormous defensive overhaul, and let's say that the Rangers get Smith, and let's say that the Rangers get, um, let's say the Rangers get Shattenkirk, you've now replaced two of your four top four defensemen. McDonough's going to be there. You assume Shea is moving up there. That leaves Stahl and Holden and Clendenning and Klein and a bunch of UFAs and RFAs and guys who are signed that you need to figure out. And at some point, you need to make a decision as to what you're going to do. I think we are going to see a Dan Girardi buyout. This move, as much as it might not make sense this year, might be that sort of foreboding, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen. And I don't see a way that it doesn't happen. Now, I've said that before. I've said that about Tyler Glass, and he still played. And, but I do think this is really the way that it's going to go. Because Shea has already proven to be miles ahead of where I think any of us thought he was going to be. And I will wait a moment to see if anybody's going to disagree <laughs> with me there. So since no one did, you think that the top four of McDonough, Shea, Shattenkirk, and Smith is good enough to go wherever you need it to go. But 
you have to get there first, and that means going through this season. And I wouldn't put the Rangers' chances at overly high to get past Washington and Pittsburgh. I think if the Rangers do make a dent in this playoffs, it's going to be because they've now run into Montreal, and Montreal is one of the more active teams. Uh, Mike, you had some thoughts on that, so I'll give you the uh, I'll give you the floor on that one. Yeah, Montreal was an active team in that they actively got worse. Um, <laughs> it was it was a it was a really interesting point brought up actually in uh, on banter by you know the longtime member Big B twenty two who said you know it, think of all the you know the tough guys and you know the Burroughs, the Ops, you know Dwight King. I know he doesn't really fit that role. You know he has other uses, but. Um, was a lot of just kind of rough and tumble guys that got moved around, and um, the Canadians were not shy about that stockpiling their roster with size and and grit and you know all those other words you, you might want to use. And it there's been a bunch of jokes about how Montreal is now more or less just one very good first line and then three fourth lines. That's kind of their approach now. So. Um, which I'm sure has some Rangers fans nervous just because of how the Rangers performed against a very physical Capitals team last night. Um, but I, if anything, I feel better about the Rangers' chances against Montreal because at the end of the day, I think they deprive themselves themselves of speed and, and offensive depth um, for the sake of, you know, as much intangibles as they could fit into their Easter basket. I don't know what they're going to do with, you know, two, you know, fourth line checking lines that are just going to go out there and agitate and try to draw penalties in the eight minutes of ice time. But, you know, I have no idea how they're going to use a guy like Steve Ott. Um, I have no idea what they're going to do with, you know, I, I actually lost track of, all the guys they picked up, I just know it was kind of silly. I mean, um, they also, I think the the Sven Adrigetto trade, you know, was pretty pretty ugly one for Montreal. Um, yeah, I think they they found a way to get worse, which is actually very good news for the Rangers because if they stay in that top wildcard spot, that's the the road they're going to uh, deep in the playoffs is the um, you know, it's the Atlantic Division road. So I think we're in agreement that Montreal got worse. Uh, I think you can make an argument that Columbus may have even gotten a little bit worse. Uh, do we think the road to the playoffs? Let's start over with the moves that the Rangers <laughs> have made. Now they're they have a, a semi more competent defense. Let's assume they use everybody the way that they're supposed to. Do we think? that the Rangers are going to be good enough to find their way out of the first wild card position? Or do we think that's going to be the inevitability just because of how strong Washington and Pittsburgh are and the momentum that Columbus has? Beth, I'll put you on the spot on that one. I think, I mean, I think I'm not quite sure about Columbus. I think Washington and Pittsburgh just have so much momentum right now um, that, you know, I, I mean, they're just, they're rolling. They seem to have done, they did smart things. Now they clearly have a plan. They have the personnel. Um, everything's working for them right now. And so 
to even sort of put that those teams and that sort of atmosphere surrounding those teams to go up against that right now. Just uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't foresee very good things there. So yeah, Mike. <sighs> yeah, it's there's no they're not going to catch Pittsburgh, um, and I know. I, before everyone freaks out, I know how many wins the Rangers have. Um, and the thing Mike, that, you know how many wins the Rangers we have? We always have lots of wins, though. That's yeah, but the Rangers also have games. The Rangers have games in hand, and they're, they didn't get better. And both Pittsburgh and Washington got, in my opinion, significantly better. Um, I know, you know, the Mark Strike deal may not seem very big, and uh, – Getting a guy who couldn't crack Toronto's lineup may not seem good with the Corrado deal, but you know he is a you know quote unquote a possession driving defender who just couldn't find a role there in Toronto. So Pittsburgh added offense and depth to their blue line, which is a recipe they followed uh, pretty successfully last year, uh, and it ended with a cup. So they are they addressed some of the things they needed to address. And so long as they stay healthy, they're the team that everyone needs to be afraid of. And they have a, you know, a cup victory to prove it. So I think the Columbus thing is pretty interesting actually, because they only really made, you know, they only made the one deal with the uh, getting Kyle Quincy from the devils for, uh, for Prout. So, um, and frankly, I have no opinion on that. trade. I don't think it's, I uh, I don't know what what Quincy does that Prout doesn't, uh, but um, you know Quincy was a last minute addition to um, the Devils lineup in free agency when he was just one of those free agents that that no one seemed to want after playing in Detroit and um, you know I with with all that being said we've seen Columbus plenty of times by now. Uh, they're very good at hockey. And, you know, they they definitely had that stretch where they were playing beyond um, who they were, and they were playing, uh, you know, in a way that made them a bit of a paper tiger in some ways. But, you know, they're, they're a pretty damn good hockey team to the surprise of everyone all year long. So, and like I said before, with the special team stuff with the Rangers and uh, you know they also have a lot of a lot of walking wounded right now, and I think it's, that's a bad time of year for that to happen because there's this is the home stretch of the season. The trade deadline is now in the past tense, so the Rangers have to work very hard. And by the Rangers, really, I mean Vino and Gordon. Yeah. Um, and Vino's other coaches need to work very hard to figure out number one, what the best lineup they, they have to put out there when everyone is healthy, and two, how the hell to fix the special teams because um, the solid 5-on-5 five five play where you dominate possession is not how the Rangers have won their hockey games this year. Uh, they've won their hockey games by capitalizing in the transition game and creating great chances and having guys like Grabner um, you know, turn into demigods and exceed <laughs> expectations left and left, right, and center. So, 
I don't know where I expect the Rangers to finish, but the best place for them to finish, in my opinion, without a doubt, is that top wild card seed. Mika, anything to throw in here? Yeah, I, uh, Mike brings up a good point, uh, alluding to what Valquette talks about with special teams. Um, if you don't have a good power, if you don't have a good penalty kill, you're dead meat in the playoffs. It's that simple. Um, matter of fact, I looked it up. The last team to finish in the bottom ten in penalty killing in the regular season that would win the cup, uh, that was 25 years ago. So every single team <laughs> for the last 25 years has been, and and that was back. Most when of the was team like wasn't born years. then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, I, I guess like I, no one really talks about it that it's that it's really both special teams have been in a tailspin. You can get away with a with a stingy power play. Um, there's been yeah. teams. Like we the 2011 did. Bruins, who they they were really yeah, like the Rangers. Yeah. yeah. So you uh, you know the penalty kill is a huge thing, and if if the front office recognizes that, and Smith is their remedy to that, which is you know a logical step to take, uh, that's huge in just recognizing the problem. I mean, you can't solve problems if you don't recognize them. So I think Smith does represent, um, especially compared to last year when they got Stall, when when they, when they probably should have went out and gotten a Smith or a Shattenkirk or whatever. Um, so it's a step in the right direction, um, but yeah, absolutely. The Atlantic, the Atlantic bracket is everyone knows uh, that's where you want to go. I think I think they're projected 75% to finish in that top wild card spot. Last I checked, so that if, if they can just hold steady, um, we talked about it last podcast. Um, but that is a way better chance. As long as we're being honest, uh, it's a it's a way better chance. But ultimately, if you have to face Washington or Pittsburgh. Um, that's going to be a real tough cookie to crack there. I mean, are we in that situation we were last? Are we in that situation we were last year when we wanted them to do badly in order to make them notice things, or do we want them to try to scrap it all together and use the wild card to get farther than they definitely would if they had to face Penguins or Caps first round? Well, if, if Vino doesn't know by now that he can no longer use Stan Girardi as a top pair defense and even strengthen on the penalty kill, he'll never know it. Um, and I'm there's a part of me that's hoping that the acquisition of Smith, um, you know, aligning with the stars of Girardi's injury, uh, will make it evident that, you know, look at what this team can do when they have a guy who – you know, should be in that role, in that role. Um, but, you know, for the most part, the Rangers' D is still, you know, Jordy's not going to be a guy who's scratched. Uh, and I say that knowing that anyone can be scratched. But, you know, this isn't John Tortorella we're talking about. So, you know, Vino really is a guy who has his guys, and Jordy is one of his guys. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, though, because I think we can honestly say without a hint of people calling us homers or whatever you would call someone who you think is always negative, even though they're not, um, that Clendenning Shea has been probably one of the Rangers' best pairs all year. Are we all in agreement of that? Yes. Yep. Okay. So we're there. Their advanced metrics are off the charts good. Pretty much they lead the Rangers in almost every category together. Without trading away a defenseman, 
We know Vigneault's not going to play Clendenning. We know that when Girardi gets healthy, he's going to be back in the lineup. We don't know what's going to happen when Klein comes back into the lineup. Are you surprised that the Rangers did not trade away a defenseman, especially in a market like this, where you'd think a guy like Klein could have at least gotten a third-round pick, and a guy like Holden, who knows, with his early season offense. Maybe I'll let you lead that one off. Yeah, when Smith came in, um, you thought just just naturally, fundamentally, it's like, okay, uh, they're going to make room for someone, you know. <laughs> yeah, And then but, and they sent down Buchnevich, and it's like, okay, well, you know. They, they, no, they, not they okay. Want... Nothing about that was okay. Go on. <laughs> yeah, down, it's like, okay, he'll, he'll be back up in eight hours. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a paper You guys move. keep then, telling me that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still in denial. Um, so, no, it, was, it just seemed natural. Um, even, and especially, like, you, you saw guys going, uh, you know, marginal guys going for picks. It, it almost seemed natural, so I don't I don't know why they didn't do it. Um maybe maybe they didn't get what they their what the marking condition wasn't there, maybe they didn't even try. Um but it it does not make a whole lot of sense unless you're like thinking uh you want to protect yourself from injuries for a run or what, but common sense probably would have suggested that uh that you, that that you make room for someone, so I, I'm I'm very interested to see how this goes. You know, Mike or Beth doesn't matter, I guess. Um, do you have anything, Beth? Nope. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'll just kind of say the same things that Mika said, but using different words. <laughs> um, it it felt, especially towards the end there. You know, we saw some guys like uh, the return on, like a guy like. Toronto, for example, was, you know, was nothing to sneeze at. I forget what the Penguins gave up exactly. It was a fourth, uh, you know, an NHL defenseman and something else, but, you know, assets nonetheless. So a guy like Klein, you know, still, he's had a bad year, but he's one of those guys where, oh, you know, he's cost-controlled at a 2.9 million hit and, you know, he has a reputation for being a stand-up guy. He's on the right side, yada, yada, yada. He would have brought back something. Um, so it's it's, a, it's very interesting to think that the Rangers are going to move forward with, you know, it's also likely the death now for Clem Denning, uh, you know, in the playoffs. But it's really peculiar that they didn't sell a D, but – um, Girardi's injury might have influenced that in some small way. I kind of doubt it, though. Uh, what we're looking at now is, you know, a, a blue line that, you know, for the most part is is kind of still what it was at the beginning of the year. But you just add in Brendan Smith um, because despite what, you know, the, the possession numbers say and just how good the Shea and and Clendenning pairing is, and I just looked it up, and, you know, they're sensationally good. Uh, it's by far the Rangers' best pairing, and it's not from a small sample size either. Um, and the, you know, when you combine that with the fact that it, it's not going to change Adam Clendenning's face, everyone knows, Clendenning knows, uh, uh, he's not he's not going to be in the lineup when the lineup's healthy. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a that is what it is at this point. But the more important thing is the Rangers have these eight NHL defensemen now. Um, I know a case can be made against Girardi, but we won't get into that. 
Um, and they could have moved someone when guys guys like Steve Ott were going for picks. Uh, you know, Aginla went for a conditional fourth. You know, guys who pretty much have nothing but name brand value were going, uh, even to teams who, you know, the Kings aren't in the playoffs and they're, they're willing to buy. So uh, there, are, there are definitely teams out there who are willing to take guys, especially D. And right side D will always have some value. And, you know, Klein is a guy that people around the league know. You know, he came out of the Nashville system and, you know, he's had a couple good years with the Rangers and, Obviously, he's been, you know, a bit of a disaster this year, but he could have brought something back. So it's surprising that he's still here after the smoke is cleared. Uh, I kind of expected the Rangers to, to move someone when, uh, uh, you know, the Smith trade went. And frankly, I was expecting just because it was the way it should be if, you know, Satan is writing a play that uh, Clendenning would get traded. But that didn't happen. It's just asset management. The Rangers now need to sit two of Clendenning, Klein, Holden, and Shea. They're not going to sit Shea, you'd hope. God, could you imagine? They're not going to sit Shea. So you're sitting Holden or Klein and Clendenning. Assume Clendenning is going to sit. So Clendenning and one of Holden and Klein permanently. Yeah. Eight defense, it just doesn't make sense. And I, I... the Rangers made the deal Tuesday when the market was still kind of hot, and I'm a little surprised that they didn't at least try to do something else. Again, we don't know the type of deals that may or may not have been on the table. We don't know the deals that the Rangers may or may not have been trying to make, but I do think there was a market there to move a guy like Klein or Holden, and the Rangers simply didn't do it. And it's surprising. Well, we know the market was there. Go ahead, Mike. No, well, the, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the fact is we know the market was there because we saw, you know, D who are worse than Klein or, you know, of equal value to Klein go for, for assets and pieces. Well, so I don't know about that. I, I think I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's a certainty because once those positions are filled, that affects the demand. So we don't know how many, quote, theoretical demand candidates there are and how many were left after all those trades. I don't. I think that's kind of an assumption. Meek is throwing bows. <laughs> right, well, last right. time we talked, he said how smart I was. And now Mike, you poophead. Whoa. <laughs> there's, some, there's some things you can't take back, Mika. Well, I understand. <laughs> of course, there's no escaping that it's an assumption. But, you know, the, the way any we interpret anything at the deadline is an assumption. I don't mean that, you know, to be a straw man thing. I'm just saying that. Guys were going at the deadline who had little to no perceived value. And at the end of the day, a guy like Klein, because of, you know, what he is, where he plays, and the fact that he's cost-controlled, you know, I, he has inherent value. Well, let me ask you, know, you this. Guy... If, if someone offered you a seventh for Klein right now, would you take it? Or would you wait maybe till May or June and try and get, you know, a better pick for him? Mike, I'll let you handle that one first. Ah, screw it. I'll answer the question. I think if it's a seventh-round pick, um, no. I think I would wait just because a seventh-round pick at this point is basically nothing. And I do see where you're going with this, Mika, that that very well may have been what was offered up to the Rangers. I guess my issue is that the Rangers get Smith, right? They basically take off 
the only other defenseman of note from the board. And the question then becomes, is there no other team on Tuesday who doesn't want to miss the boat who might have taken a floater on Klein or Holden? I don't know. I don't know either. And it's kind of, I guess it's kind of dumb to even ask the question since we don't know. But <laughs> I do think there's a market out there for them. I really do. I think there's a, an enormous market out there for Holden. And you might be right in that that market might not be there until the summer. And that's why I think Jeff Gordon has gotten a lot of passes the, the, these past two years in that it's very difficult to judge him because he came into such a crappy situation and he's trying to adjust what he has. And he made a, a ton of changes at, at the forward position. Um, he made a ton of changes to, you know, exactly what we're looking at right now. What has to happen, though, is do we take a look at the defense and think, okay, we absolutely need to fix things right now, which the Rangers kind of did, but also kind of didn't because of Washington? Or do they wait this summer? And I think there are going to be a ton of options out there this summer, but I don't know what the Rangers plan on doing. I mean, we're assuming that there's a Girardi buyout imminent. Do the Rangers keep stall? Do the Rangers try to move Klein and Holden? Do the Rangers, what, who do they think they need to keep? And if the Rangers would have traded Klein two years ago, like I had suggested, this would have never even been an issue. But, I mean, Mika, right now, who do you see sitting? Oh, God. I, you know, I gave up a long time ago trying to figure out AV. I really did. I, yeah. no, like, almost nothing would surprise me at this point. Um, but I will say this. I, there's one thing that I get some heat for, and it's that like, there's some contrast between Gordon and Vigneault. Um, for example, if Vigneault was general manager, um, there's a good chance that Glass would still be around. I think Gor- I think Gordon waving Glass was kind of him taking his- Vigneault's toy away. And I think Girardi, <laughs> I-, I think it's going to be the same with Girardi. And I think even if oh, Gordon doesn't, doesn't think the same, I think expansion's really going to kind of force it. So I'm with you, Joe. I, I think it's going to happen one way or the other. Um, it, 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 um, excuse me. What? Hold on a second. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm looking at like their salary cap. They can do they can do a lot of things, but I think they're going to have to buy out Girardi because um, you got Zabin and Jad. Um, if you, if, I'm assuming they're going to have to do something with the defense. Uh, you know, someone's going to get taken in expansion. It, the numbers just don't add up. I, I, I don't know how they're going to get rid of Stahl. Maybe they can trade him. I, th- I, don't think a, I think a buyout would be pretty pretty painful considering he's got four years, Stahl has four years left. Um, but I think it's going, to, it, it's going to be a way. It's going to go that just Gordon's going to take away Girardi from Vigneault. It's not going to be Vigneault seeing the light. So I think Do we imagine he gets to take away one thing every year? That's kind of fascinating to think about. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> God, I, I don't know. I don't think Stahl is going anywhere just because I don't think the Rangers could possibly do anything with him. I, I could be crazy. I just don't. I don't see what. And let's be honest, Stahl has not been good, but it's certainly been an improvement over what he was last year. Girardi is Girardi, and I think that problem is going to go away. But again, that problem is going to go away at a cost. So uh, I just don't know where the Rangers are at this summer, but you almost don't want to think too far ahead because the reality of the situation is the Rangers are looking at right now. They're looking at the next 20 plus games. They're looking at the playoffs and 
I don't know. I think they think they've made significant strides. And I don't want to say the Rangers have absolutely no chance in the playoffs because the reality of the situation is with this offense and Henrik Lundqvist, you have no idea what they're capable of. But I do think money is on this going to be a very difficult playoff year for the Rangers again. And if you don't keep Smith, you basically traded away assets for nothing for the second year in a row. That's the problem. But if we're talking about this year, and we're talking about where we kind of see the Rangers going, let's flip the switch a little bit. Do we see Smith lining up as a first-pairing defenseman with McDonough? Mike, I'll let you jump in on that one. Well, first, I'd like to apologize for dropping the call. Um, I didn't hear what Mika had to say, uh, which I know is directed at me, but I'd like to say that everything he said was wrong. Um, <laughs> yes, Mike dropped the call. Name, no one knew, but he admitted it now, so here we are. Yeah, his name does come first in the alphabet, but not by much. Uh, what do I think about Brendan Smith in the top pair? Yeah, I don't you know, can Joe. There? Um, uh, well, with Girardi out, it's like I said earlier in the podcast before the drop that apparently no one knows about, no air revealed. Um, if there's a perfect opportunity to use him in that role, especially if he's, you know, this, uh, this ambidextrous, uh, mythical beast that can, you know, play the left side or the right side. Uh, and he also, you know, has some familiarity with, with McDonough, um, you know, from, from good old college days. But, uh, I, I'm not sure if that's what we'll see. I'd like to see him in that role. Um, you know, we saw the Capitals, you know, kind of ease Shan Kirk in, um, to their lineup, but then again, they have some more quality there to work through than we do. So uh, I think the opportunity is there to use them there. And frankly, if, if like you said, if this is the price we paid for this guy, uh, he damn well better be playing significant minutes and get a role where we can justify giving up, you know, a third and a second for him. So that's where I'd like to see him. I'd certainly like to see him get a chance um, on both sides of the special teams, but uh, you know, I think what's more interesting is where he's going to be when Girardi gets back. Well, that I guess ends up being the million dollar question because, yeah, I don't know why. I have an optimistic feeling that we've seen the, the last of Klein at least as a regular defenseman, and Smith accentuates that, or I guess I should say, speeds that up because he obviously takes away a roster spot from someone, but I'd love to see Clendenning stay in the lineup. And I just don't think it's going to happen, but someone else has to sit. And I think Klein is going to be that person. I think Smith should be on the first pairing. I think we're going to get a good hard look at him on the first pairing hard because Girardi's out and because there's really no other options for Vigneault. But when you really boil down to it, when Girardi comes back, Mike, you said it. If Vigneault thinks that Girardi and McDonough are going to stop the Eskins, the Crosbys, the Kessels, the Backstroms, the whoever, the Shattenkirks, no. No, not they're not. Smith no. McDonough has a much better shot there, but I don't know. I, and I guess this is sort of a cop-out, like, last-minute question, but do we see the Rangers making any noise in the playoffs this year if they don't go through the Atlantic? And I just don't see it. I really don't. No, they're not going no. there. They can't. They I, can't play. They can't play two periods okay, of consistent folks. hockey. 
It's a, yeah, it's okay, but it's also not okay. <laughs> yeah, it's sad I mean, because it, not a time's coming for Hank, but it's okay. It's one okay in the sense. Go ahead, Mika. Uh, one thing I throw out there is I'm not I'm not saying I think it's going to happen, but you're wrong. What? <laughs> I, Mike Mike's not going to like me anymore. Um, That's okay. I've loved you well, before I knew you. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I, I think this is going to happen, but what if what if Vigno dresses seven D? There's so much forward depth on the team. Before has he ever done that though consistently? Yeah. He's done it, well, not consistently, but he's done it. <laughs> but hasn't he done it yeah. when the playoffs have already been secured? And No, he's done it in the playoffs. Really? With the Rangers? But, I don't remember him doing it with wait, the Rangers. Wait, when? He's done it the last two years on the very last playoff game. And I think he did oh, it earlier this year. That's fun. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good time. Now, what's I the mean, I'm not saying, for the I'm not saying it's really a good idea or anything, but it, it would make sense, wouldn't it, if he's... If he says, look, this is our defense problem. My solution is 7-D in the lineup, so let's get 8. I mean, that's like the only thing I can see if, yeah. in fact, you know, they were, they were turning down offers for – or they, weren't, they chose not to liquidate Klein or Holden or whoever. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe that might be kind of a rational explanation. I, I'm not saying I think it's a good idea yeah. or it's possible, but I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, the, the, the biggest hurdle with that, of course, is the fact that the Rangers have, you know, a log 12 yeah. – yeah, log jam at forward, so you just trade the, the problem of, you know, another forward would be sitting that should be in the lineup. Um, and we already have one of those who we're not going to mention because Beth is here and we don't want her to get that. <laughs> so, um, although your your large son is now a Red Wing, so there's a thing. Although I'm sure he's estranged and likely excommunicated. <laughs> I like him in Detroit. I'm actually okay with that. I think they might appreciate him there. That makes me happy. Uh, I don't think he's going to last there either. But. Mike, this is a positive podcast. This is yeah, exactly. That's me being positive about things I'm not positive about. He's going to come about. back to us. Uh, no, all right. Um, but no, it, it, it is an interesting point that, that Mika brought up because it is possible the Rangers could do that because it, it is a little bit vexing that they're left with these AD um, after deadline. Obviously. Shea is the only guy I think who's you know waiver exempt, and uh, they'd have to be ludicrous to to send him down or to not use him, and you know use the approach of well he needs games and you know demote him because uh, frankly you know I know Holden has the, all the counting stats, but to me it's McDonough and Shea in terms of the Rangers blue line the guys who have been making a difference and. Uh, you know, speaking of counting stats, he has some of the best, you know, offensive numbers in a long, long time for the Rangers. D as a rookie, I think the last time we had anyone do anything like this was Bill Zotto, and before that, it was a much longer time. So, uh, it, it is a really weird thing to have, you know, this logjam. It's, it's such a good word that Mickey used. Who's a very smart man, Mika, by the way, especially when he agrees with me. <laughs> but the, the, the problem I have with it moving forward is that it it creates a pretty big roadblock for Buchnevich, who also has this, you know, this opt-out clause in his, in his contract. And, you know, I got 
got in a little bit of a tussle on Twitter with someone who uh, was saying, you know, you don't know that it sends a message to Buchnevich, and it's just a paper transaction. Of course, it turned out not to be a paper transaction, but um, when this, you know, experiment of, okay, a few days for Buchnevich just to get him some ice time, where the hell does he come into this lineup now? Um, you know, even with, you know, the Benajad hurting and, you know, we don't know, you know, how banged up Kreider and Grabner are. You know, it's, there's so many pieces here, but it feels like not enough of them are the right pieces. And that's kind of the Rangers season in a nutshell, is that there's all this depth, there's all these guys they can work with, but, you know, the guys behind the bench don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to optimize the lineup and make it greater than some of its parts. And that's the story of the season thus far, other than, you know, Hank's, uh, you know, being a mortal man and then regaining his godliness like Hercules. So those are the, the two things that really define this year. And, you know, unless Hank, you know, reaches, you know, a level – a level of goaltending we we haven't seen from in a, in a long time. The Rangers aren't getting past anyone unless they're meeting the Canadians in the first round. Speaking of Buchnevich, you just had a primary assist on the uh, well, oh, second surprise. goal because he should well, be playing. Well, Imagine what happens surprise. when someone actually plays hockey who's good at hockey. It's just he just scored a goal in the lineup over VC. I really think that. Well, I would agree with you, actually, if you're taking... Wait, what did you say, Mike? I'm sorry. Boot should be in the lineup over VC at this point. Yeah. I know that VC is Beth's favorite Poor class, Jimmy VC. If I had to pick between one of the two, yeah, the answer would absolutely be Buchnevich over VC because Buchnevich is the better player. From a big-picture political standpoint, feeling. I do what understand why VC needs to be in the lineup because the Rangers courted him and he selected the Rangers, and... You know, you have to play that game. It's the same reason why you can't trade him or Kevin Hayes. You have to, you have to play the game. So, but still, Peary and Pumple should not be in the lineup over Buchnevich. The fact that no. the Rangers are going to need to, at some point, make a call up if Grabner's out. If it's not Buchnevich, something is very, very, very wrong. It's, it's not rocket science. This isn't hard. This is not an ostrich. This is simple hockey decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't I, the people who say the people who make the argument like well Miller and Hayes are really good now don't you think they would have been impacted are you really telling are you seriously telling me that Miller and Hayes would be 30 point out. players if they weren't healthy scratched for Tanner Glass really that's the argument you're coming at me with <laughs> get that shit out of here Whoa. no it's not the way that the world works <laughs> Buchnevich is no better off for playing in the AHL today as he would have been if he was playing on the fourth line and getting power play minutes. I complained often when he was on the fourth line. Now I realized how stupid I am because at least he was playing. (laughs) Well, we really didn't think that that was a possibility. I mean, I didn't think that was a possibility. I had no idea he was going to get sent back down. Well, the Rangers are playing with fire, too, because he could leave. I'm sure they've spoken to him about this. They, I mean, Gordon would be out of his friggin' mind to not have a conversation with Buchnevich before doing that. But seriously, why are you playing with fire? 
What do you get out it, of it? it, it there is the whole thing where the Rangers have to play the politics game and keep VC happy and keep him around and show future, you know, undrafted free agents or guys who take the road that VC and, and Hayes took and say, look, we, we are good to our word. When we say we want you, we want you. Look, you're here and we'll demote the Russian kid. But the problem with demoting the Russian kid is that the Russian kid holds a lot of the cards here. He can say, I'm going back home. Yeah. And the Rangers will be left with a dick in their hand. There's there's not enough good stuff coming up to the prospect pipe, pipeline to justify playing with fire with Buchnevich. There's, it, there's just not. Um, you know, there's the hopes that the Rangers have some guys who are, you know, kind of bottom six guys who might be able to help in the future. But those are not the guys you have to worry about developing. You don't have to worry about developing, you know, oh, we might have a third-line center in, in Nieves one day. Who knows? And, you know, those are not the guys you worry about. You need skilled guys that you can have develop and keep them as cheap as you can until you invest in them or move them. And Buchnevich was a home run of a pick that the Rangers are now really, really unnecessarily, in my opinion, jerking around when they don't need to. Um, I know there's the whole debate of, well, where the hell does he fit in the lineup? And my answer to that is you make room for a guy like that. Yeah. Because he does have this jump card. He has the ability to leave. And he he does not have Just scored, by the way. He has no performance bonuses. Let's see Uh, how much he scored, how many points he piled up during this podcast. Not that they count, unfortunately. Well, they count in the AHL. And if you couldn't hear, because Beth was being a whale and Mike was being a a neighbor's dog, there are no. Oh, Books never should have scored a goal. All right, so there we go. That's what I just said. Did you really? I wasn't listening to you at all. Jesus. Anyway. he has no performance. So, so it's not even like there's who could even swallow what what series of events would lead to someone swallowing a screwdriver? Wait, where are we? I, no, I'd like to know what you think I would be have to be doing to swallow a screwdriver. Really drunk too. Guys, no, we're in the Tony time now. Anything is possible. Okay, no, well that was very a well then. Um well, I guess I would be a gentleman and do it a handle first as opposed to the pointy end first. And if I'm you, I'm hoping it's a Phillips head because if it's a flat head, it's got kind of jagged edges. You don't want that. I don't so, think I want any of this. No, you don't want any of it for sure. But if you have to have it, you might as well have it as like half of a horrible plastic hot dog handle first. And you'd have to fill oh your head Oh, my God. Up. Could you use a screwdriver to kill an ostrich? Of course you could. You can use it to tell anything. That would be where the, what was it, the Caraway, Cassaway, Cassowary? Cassowary. 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 Cassowary would be. Uh, that, that was where I bludgeoned the young Australian chaps. Is he how the hell are you talking about? Oh, Mika's way longer. Is, is Mika staying for she our bird talk or what? Yeah, so, so uh, Mika, you I'm missed it. All in. Three shows ago, we discussed what flight was you know least want to be in a room with. <laughs> with and uh, <laughs> Mike said uh, the cassowary, and the right 
I said, what did I say? I think it was the elephant, elephant bird, bird, right? And I think Beth yeah. said the ostrich. And then we yeah. read a story about two young Australian <laughs> lads back in the, the infancy of the New York 20s. Rangers in the 1920s who tried yeah. to bludgeon. Oh, that's right, yeah. They tried to bludgeon. Yeah, they tried and, to get uh, it with a club. <laughs> and, and it kicked them and killed them. <laughs> it really doesn't After sound as funny as we're laughing right now, but it was, it was pretty funny. It was yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I think if you try to club anything to death, it's on you if it kills you, personally. Yeah, especially if it's not being aggressive. If you're just going around causing murder with, you know, bludgeoning things to death, you you probably deserve a cassowary assault to the the jugular vein. (laughs) Much like Joe deserves to swallow a screwdriver. Uh, You know, Mika was the one who betrayed you today. He didn't betray me. It wasn't me. It no. was not me. Uh, well, thanks, for me on, thanks for having me on the last podcast. I really enjoyed it. Uh, are you saying this podcast as well? <laughs> are you unceremoniously ending this podcast? No, I'm saying thanks for having me. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be back. Mike pulls a lot of strings here. I piss off the uh, wrong guy. You know, Mike does pull. He does have a lot of weight, but... He's I like you. I think master. you're a good guy, and I, th- I think Mike is—he's grown too powerful. So taking him down is probably a good thing. I can't really have this much power because I spent today. I took a nap, and before I took a nap, I watched the Assassin's Creed movie. So anyone who spends their day like that can't be a fortune. <laughs> I didn't even know there was an Assassin's Creed movie. You're not missing anything. Okay. <laughs> what ranger would be the best assassin? Zook. Oh. Best assassin? Grabner's an interesting choice. It's from a hockey Oh, you know what? One, one quest. He'd be like, you know, like a Swedish James Bond. Oh. oh he would yeah, be the best James guy. Bond. I can yeah. see that. I think I think Kreider would be a good accidental assassin. He would just hug to death his marks. <laughs> yes. He kills only goalies. Nash. I think uh, Nash would have like a, a dark side to him. He kills only goalies. That's good. No, Nash is a sweetheart. We established that. Is he? Yeah. Remember the whole yeah. Lego Playmobil mix-up? Oh, that's true. Where Beth said Lego and we sponsored the wrong people. We did. Yeah, that's you know, probably why you they haven't know invited I, me back. I remember these things, Joe, because I listen to people. Uh, well, all I remember is that people who called themselves Playmobil assassins came after me. They blamed me for Beth's mistake, and now I'm on the run from As them well forever. they should. That's ridiculous. You're in the you, didn't ask, you didn't even congratulate Ryan McDonough on his baby. I was... Oh. Anyway, don't get me started on Ryan McDonough. I don't know if you find your dough when they hit you with clubs. <laughs> what did, did you we, say? Did we talk about... Did we... I, and I want to go on the record again as the person bringing it back to hockey here. Did we talk on this podcast about that incredible, beautiful goal he had a no. couple games okay. back? Like, McDonough? no, McDonough, like through the skates and, and then oh, the thing yeah. with the thing right in front of the net yeah. that we've never seen yeah, him do before. Yeah, inside that the was... face left where he controlled the puck and he cut around. Yeah, he looked like... Was it the capital like goal? Yeah. Yeah. It was so beautiful. That, that Clem Denning pass, the Shea. Oh, the, the Shea goal was yeah. ridiculous. Oh, God yeah. damn, that was a weird play. 
Yeah, for all the their faults, the Rangers score some really nice goals. I'll tell yeah, you. but that's we the type of stuff you can get if you play yeah, them. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's Garbage. just... It's like Clendenning plays like this, and Vigneault is they're like Scott Arneal, who we're going to talk about next week at a Beth request. Um, he's like, hey, should we play Clendenning now that everybody's healthy? And Vigneault's like, well, I asked him for a coffee the other day, and he only gave me two creams instead of three. So, no, he can't go into the lineup, no. Because at this point, why are you keeping him out? Seriously, why are you keeping him out? I don't think there's an answer. Clendenning scores a goal and has a great game, and Vigneault's like, well, he turned the puck over that one time in the first period. Meanwhile, like like Klein is basically... Yeah, Klein is swimming in the neutral zone while people are scoring left and right. And Vigneault's like, see that right there? That's what you need. He's going out there every shift, and he's working really hard. I wish I could say that I was exaggerating. But we need him. Not really. Maybe we could put an ostrich on defense. Just tear the walls down. I think we should stick an ostrich on AV is what I think. You know, he just comes into a room late at night and there's a bird <laughs> waiting for him. Or just like the bird is just watching him make lineup decisions and it's trained somehow to know that Whenever, it's like yeah. or healthy scratches, it just attacks. I'm just, yeah, it just pecks him in the head really, really hard with name, his front name the, like, All right, the right. Just name it like Herman or something. Listen, Herman Herman's just going to sit here yeah. and he's just going to watch. That's all. Can you imagine if Vanille was, like, listening to this? <laughs> I, I do. You know, I do wonder sometimes if he, if he reads the website. I know a couple of players read the website. I don't think any of them are um, daily readers. But I do wonder if he looks at it and he's just like, God, screw those guys, those pieces of crap. He probably does. I, I doubt would. it. Yeah. But it would be great if he was listening and he was like, they want to stick an ostrich on me. How do they know I'm afraid of ostriches? Well, I'm like, not listening because then if the ostrich shows up, he's going to know exactly where it came from. And I mean, we're uh, really going for the element of surprise here. That's true. My name is Beth Macklin, and I came up with the ostrich idea. <laughs> yeah, this is like the third felony we can tie to your name, Beth. Yeah. Well, I what get in trouble for everything. The ostrich, an ostrich is so on someone? Is that a felony offense, do we think? I'm sure it's like manslaughter in the second or third degree. I mean, you don't know the ostrich is going to attack them. And yeah, in reality, in the court of law, in the court of law, you can come make in the a room with that, good intent. <laughs> you just told them that don't sit Clendenning or Buchnevich and the ostrich won't attack. So you, you didn't tell him not to do what he yeah, ended so up it's doing. Well, well, you know, the, the ostrich has good intentions. It just wants to hang out. Herman's a good guy. It wants to see good defense is what it wants to see. I mean, yeah. that's very clear. That's all. I just want a long montage of Clendenning's eye rolls because, I mean, I really feel like he is our representative on the ice a few times he gets there because every time something goes wrong that we're tweeting about, if you can get him, I mean, there's the eye roll. I mean, and also, not to mention also that, that beautiful goal, quote unquote, celebration with, with Foss. You guys, oh, yeah, know, that was you guys awesome. remember what I'm yeah. talking about? Uh, that that little awesome. shoulder bump. The indifferent shoulder bump where they just did not care <laughs> at all. But yeah, if you watch Clendenning, it's like he's wearing our thoughts on his face most of the time. The rest of them just go sort of stone-eyed, but Clendenning is, literally looks like, how did I get here? What did I do wrong? Why is my life like this? 
I feel bad, yeah. you know? Well, you should feel bad because why isn't he playing? It's just, it's I mean, but Hank still gets to be Hank at the end of the day. That's true. <laughs> Hank walks out of there. Yeah, just like, why? Yeah, he gets uh, $9 million dollar paychecks. Yeah. Beautiful hair. $100 bill as his bed sheets. So, yeah, I'm not too worried. I can't imagine that would be overly comfortable. You know, he could buy the ostrich for us. Hank, he, he could buy several ostriches for us. Yeah. I bet he well, would we at this point, best. too. We don't have to be greedy. We just need one ostrich. All right, fine. One ostrich. determined and trained at a CIA <laughs> assassin level to only attack when certain players are – I mean, it would have to learn the intricacies of an NHL lineup, but – I mean, English language is going to be the real hurdle, I think. But it doesn't need to speak the English language. It just needs to be able to recognize the English language. It can speak Russian, and then Mucznevich can talk to it. Ooh, Herman, the Russian speaking language. Mike and I determined that we don't think Booch has anyone to talk to in the Wolf Pack, and I, like, practically cried. Yeah, because there's (laughs) very little. There's a couple of European guys down there, like uh, Kovacs and and company, but. there's no Russians, and we know that Buchnevich has a very tenuous grasp of the English language. So the fact that he's scoring goals and can't really celebrate properly is enough to, to make me weep. Yeah, I wonder well, if he's taking lessons for, like, nine months now, right? Like, he's got to be getting somewhere. He can at least, like, say, like, where's yeah, the library. Definitely, yeah, he definitely knows <laughs> hockey lingo and stuff. But I like Don't imagine Don't la biblioteca in Yeah, he just, he just goes home and plays, you know, Counter-Strike and eat Slim Jims or something. I don't know. I don't know. There is a Peter Zamorski. He's from the yeah. Czech Republic. Close enough, right? He probably speaks well, a little he's not on the anymore. Oh, he's not on the team anymore? Oh, no. He's, he's way gone. Wait a minute. What is yeah, this? The only, yeah, there's no, right. there's no European D. What am I looking there's at? There's Kovacs. There's Kovacs. There's 2017 Hartford Wolfpack roster. This no, is but ridiculous. he left. Oh, he left. Yeah, they So I wasn't back. wrong... You have assumed. Oh, you were wrong. Stromwall. Stromwall is there, right? Stromwall is there. Well, you know what? You know what, Mika, now you've you've crossed me as well. Now me and Mike have been crossed. I'm going out with a glaze of blur, man. Uh, I still like you, Mika. <laughs> I don't see – yeah, Stromwall, I would think. I don't see anybody else who would even be close. Kovacs, maybe, just because he's European and they speak multiple languages because they're super smart. Um. Positive yeah, stereotypes. Yeah, see, you can do stereotypes as long as they're positive. Positive podcast. Positive podcast. Positive. All right. That's enough. I'm being as positive as I can. Yeah, Under the positive. circumstances that I've Considering been Considering that, that McElrath was traded and basically sent directly to the AHL once again, I am kind of surprised that Beth is not more angry. But she's a good mother. She knows. Wait till Nash right. traded. <laughs> why? Mika, why? She's the only one who you haven't crossed. Going for the hat trick, you've baby? Crossed her. You've crossed her. That's <laughs> a hat trick. The natural hat trick. The only one to betray on this show, back to back to back. <laughs> now, let me, now let me lay into Adam Herman. So. We were waiting. Go ahead. Herman. That's, isn't that what we named the ostrich? Herman? Oh, my God. I, so the I realized the other day I've, I've posted a lot of pictures that of my dog. That is the name of the ostrich. Um, oh, my God. That there are, I have like, there's too many toys for Stanley, but every toy has a name. And some of them are more creative than others. Like there's one that's a banana, who and his name is Banana. 
but some of them are really good, and one of them is named Herman. But I think I'm going to do a thing where I, I show all the toy pictures and see if people can't guess the names. So I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> None of you needed to hear that, but that's something that's going to happen. So be ready for it. That's a good, like, August article. It is, right? <laughs> or like in the playoffs and the Rangers are losing 15 to nothing. It's just something to take your mind off of things. Um, this is Banter in the Blue Shirts, patreon.com slash blue shirt banter. You should go and donate so that you can hear more about ostriches and other flightless birds. Um, and some hockey. And well, Before we wrap up, hockey. One, there's one thing I'd like to point out, which is the Rangers play the Canadians at the Garden on – Saturday, and if there's, you know, there's plenty of games to circle now that the trade deadline has come and gone. But I think this is the game that is going to tell us a lot about the Rangers. It's unfortunate they're banged up, but um, this could be the team they play in the first round. So it's one you shouldn't miss. Good point. There it is, Mike's final we'll positive there. podcast. Um, Mike Murphy. Twitter.com slash DigDeepBSB. Beth Macklin, Twitter.com slash Beth Macklin. Mika, Twitter.com slash HockeyStatMiner. I am Blue Shirt Banter. This is BlueShirtBanter.com. Go to Patreon.com slash BlueShirtBanter and donate to us because we're in your ear and you love us. Um, yeah, that's it. Good night, everybody. Good to see you, Goodbye. Good night. Bye-bye.